Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to take a minute and tell you about something new that uh, Dirk and I are doing here for Amateur Hour. Um, we have set up a PayPal account, and we are asking everybody to, uh, if you're feeling generous, send some donations our way. Uh, we know that there have been some complaints over the years about audio quality, and we are trying to step our game up a little bit. Um, we throughout the show today are going to take some time and make sure to give special shout outs to those of you that have already donated um we just want to thank everybody for their dedication with listening and are asking now that maybe you dedicate just a little bit of your wallet it doesn't matter how big or how small uh we are humbled that you guys are even showing up and listening every week so thanks to those of you that have donated and please consider donating yourself and now for a new intro requested by our good friend, KC, Chief or Boogie. P.S. It's Dirk's birthday, so this can be considered Dirk's birthday present. Even yeah, though, yeah! Even though I made it way before his birthday. Yeah! Oh, that song. <laughs> Scott Hall and his darkness, and presented in part by Arrowhead Pride. Yeah. Yeah. Lamar Hunt, Arrowhead Stadium, oh. tailgating, Marty Ball, and King Carl. Marcus Allen, Montana Magic, Wildline Miracles. Oh, baby, what a play. Derek Thomas and Neil Smith, Casey Wolf, Jason Whitlock, and Joe Pusnanski. Hey! Dick Vermeil, Trent Green, Tony G, Priest Holmes, the greatest offensive line ever assembled, ah. and even the no-punt game. Yeah! Then Haley and Pioli in the Patriot Way. Hey, yeah. 27-7, candy wrappers, Romeo, and airplanes. Be safe and be easy. Andy, Alex, DJ Specials, Puff Puff Pass Rush, Travis Kelsey, Jamal freaking Charles. We're Raider haters. We despise the donkeys, and red is always our Sunday best. If Home of the Chiefs gives you chills, you're in the right place. If this song means touchdown, you're in the right place. Whether you're in Kansas City, Bogota, London, Moscow, or Memphis, right now it's football season. And buddy, you're listening to Amateur Hour. Woo! <laughs> That's right, folks. You are listening to Amateur Hour. Welcome in. You've got Ryan Scott Hall and the birthday boy, his darkness. Oh, what's up? The Kansas City Chiefs are one and one after a pretty ugly showing against the Houston Texans, who we ah. kind of manhandled the previous two times. Yeah, that's cool. We'll give him one. Um, but that's fine. We'll give him one. That's fine. Um, we, we are going to cover quite a few things today, but first and foremost, let's start with thanks, Joel, for letting us set up on your beautiful website, arrowheadpride.com. Oh, yeah. Um, the next few shows you guys are going to be finding over on Blog Talk, one or two or a few may end up actually being live. We might take some calls, but not tonight. Not tonight, no. no. Not tonight. No, God, no. Um, but we're also going to cover, um, man, I have no idea why he's gotten so much backlash, but our maybe best player so far this year, Marcus Peters. Uh, we're going to talk some stats. Wait, what? 
Maybe our best player this year. Yeah. Come on. I mean, listen. We got I, the NFL MVP on our team. We got the NFL MVP on our team. Uh, we do have a front runner for the MVP. Nah, but that's not anymore. <laughs> After week one, we did. Right. After week one. <clears throat> Uh, but we've got some things that stood out from Sunday, and then we're obviously going to move forward and uh, try to put that one behind us and, and look at the New York football Jets. Oh. Um, where I want to start, though, is... Dirk, I'm mad. Oh. I'm mad. Oh, sure, buddy. Um, That's why I'm here. Listen, I don't want to ruin your birthday or anything. No. But no. Um, here, here's... How I felt after the game. And uh, pardon us for the technical difficulties on the, uh, <laughs> the, the Facebook Live attempt. Ah. Um, you know, we're still working out the kinks, but uh, we're, we're going to get It's harder that. than it looks. <laughs> it is. We're going we're gonna to get that figured out, and we're going we're gonna to do some live stuff for you guys. Yeah. Um, but I'm not mad that the team lost. I think if you look at Houston on paper... And you look at the guys that we were missing. Um, Houston's a good football team. I don't, I don't have any problem going to Houston in week two without your best offensive and defensive players and losing. Before the season, I picked them to go either 11-5 or 12-4. Not sure which. Houston? Houston. Okay. Um, obviously, they're, they've got some things that they're trying to work out, and their offense hasn't really hit its stride yet. If that wasn't clear... Against us on Sunday, that was I mean, clear. They, I think that was clear. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't like in rhythm. They weren't great, but they still, frankly, whooped our ass. The reason that I'm upset is because of how we lost. Not that we lost, but how we lost. Because it was really sloppy. It was honestly, you you look at the offense and they don't score an offensive touchdown. They had countless opportunities. But they were undisciplined. We've got all these turnovers. Like, this is not the Kansas City Chiefs that we are used to watching under Andy Reid. And don't get me wrong, maybe that means that this is an outlier and it's uncharacteristic. But going down to Houston and losing is perfectly fine. But the way that they lost, it does. It makes me angry. A quick run through the list. Fumbles, drops, penalties, sacks, third and 17s, and missed tackles. Let's look at some stats. That kind of break down yes. the breakdown. Yes. If it as it were. Yeah. How about how about a how about a deep dive? A deep dive. Deep dive. Into some stats. Dirk, it's your birthday. Hey. So why don't I let you begin with some stats that stood out to you, sir? Are you sure? Oh, oh. Yeah. Here we yes. go. Stats. From the game. How about third and longs for the Chiefs? Uh, this is an offense. I mean, as much as we've all uh, I think they have, have improved this year. Uh, it's still it's still Alex Smith. Uh, it's still Andy Reid. It's still kind of a dink and dunk offense, if you will. Here are the third and longs the team faced on Sunday. First quarter, third and 11. Second quarter, third and 19. Third quarter, third and 18. Third quarter, third and 17. Third quarter, third and 12. Uh... That's the, the team didn't pick any of these up. I think I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, they, there was a third and long we picked up by run, actually, mm-hmm. to Sharkendrick West. But all the ones I listed we did not pick up on. Um, that's not what the offense wants to be in, is these third and longs. I think that's part of the reason why you saw them stall. And, it was, and it's these penalties and, and dumb plays that led to those. One of the things that I 
found really strange. Um, and for the day, uh, for those of you keeping score at home, the Chiefs were 3 of 14 on third down. Um, Houston, who again, was not very good, but still beat us handedly. 4 of 15. A combined 7 of 29. Um, Bad day that's for why teams. some people looked at the football game and as, as a whole, and they were just kind of like, eh, eh, eh. Like, that might have been two good NFL teams, but that was a bad NFL football game. It was. It was. Um, I, to, to kind of pile on that, uh, I had the Chiefs, their average to go on third down at 9.6 yards for the day. That's and barely below 10 yards, you know, where you start. Right. Where you start. <laughs> what I also found really strange... As you mentioned, dink and dunk office in the West Coast, and you think about it's sort of the M.O. is the four yards, four yards, four yards. You take what the defense gives you, you spread the ball around, and you make it easy for yourself to have third and manageable, and yet it didn't seem to work out that way on Sunday. That was one of my bigger questions of the team. We all talk about how this offense is going to be better. How I mean, third. They're that dink and dunk office. They're the, they're the four yards at a time. How does that get better? Do they become explosive all of a sudden? Or, or what happens there? I'm not sure how that offense takes the next step. Because it's almost like Andy coached them to their max where they're at. Now we added a little bit more talent and we're expecting more. Where does that come from? And I don't know if anyone actually thought about it in those terms. People just thought the so talent so the, the talent is better. Uncle Dirk over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Durkey. Well, if you had to quantify it then, like if you said that the offense was better, I mean, where do you think that shows up in the stat column? Well, that's, I think, what we talked about big time. I think going to like a more uh, press offense, more of a hurry up, more of a pushing the pace kind of thing. Like, uh, it's, it's a different style of team now, and, I've, and I was kind of curious if they'd push that on offense or if we'd still just be like, the max efficiency kind of offense and then match it with our defense that's not as good. And I think we might be kind of having an identity crisis right now, maybe. Like, what kind of team are we? We're kind of stuck in the middle there. Um, I'd like us to see... I'd like to see us become more offensive. Offensively um, forward. Well, I think that that's kind of... That's kind of the question that I wanted to try to address today is, are the Chiefs an offensive team or a defensive team? Because it's been very clear the last three years under Andy Reid that despite the fact that he is an offensive coach, we have been a defensive team. The defense has been what drives our success. No doubt. And we can't... I mean, maybe ultimately we will be able to if they grow throughout the year and we get a little bit healthier, but... That's everyone walked into this season thinking we're not going to count on the defense and the offense is going to get better. And Danny Parkins, like the conversation that he's had is the offense is going to get better and the defense is going to get worse. And which what difference is greater? Um, the offense is going to get better though. Like where? How? How? And that's the thing is that I and I was trying to pull it up um, and I'm I'm having difficulty, but. Like, do you want me to like, reel off some more stats? Well, I was thinking in terms of like, can they get more? efficient. Because last year, what were we scoring last year? Like 26 or 27 a game? I thought we were scoring well, and there were a lot of defensive scores in there. Despite what you said, that we've been a defensively dominated team, we've still been in the top 10 of scoring like each of the three years. 
And we've kind of attributed a lot of that to the defense and to special teams. And now we're kind of counting on the offense to build on that, where they were at. And it's almost, it's, it's kind of tough for them, I think. I, th- I think that what we saw on Sunday shows you one of the questions that we had in the preseason was, all right, so everybody thinks the offense is going to get better and maybe that we're going to have to lean on the offense a little bit more. But how long is it going to get them, how long is it going to take for them to be counted on? Because they haven't had to. There hasn't been much pressure on the offense yet. There hasn't been much pressure on Alex Smith to produce or really the offense in general to produce. No. And this year you're looking at it and it's thinking... protect the game. Yeah. Protect the game, give it to the defense. And now you're looking at it thinking, well, we, we really need something from you guys. And um, they weren't able to do that on Sunday. And that's one of the no. biggest reasons that the team lost. Oh, yeah. What else you got stat-wise from Sunday there? Uh, how about a uh, Chiefs plays per drive? So this is the number of plays they reeled off. Uh, in each drive. I'm going to read these fast, so so get ready. Buckle in, folks. 6, 3, 3, 4, 6, 5, 5, 3, 3, 3, 5, 8, 10. So you got garbage time. We kind of put together 8 to 10 play drives. And kind of put together yours. there the latter half of the fourth quarter. Um, a little bit later than we did the previous week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still... If you if you heard those numbers before, nothing's longer than six. Six was the longest. Uh, that's about uh, ten to eleven drives. Six plays is the longest drive. That's not what you're looking for. Uh, I believe that the Chiefs had twelve drives on Sunday. It may have been thirteen, um, and I think it was actually thirteen, and that we had twelve against San Diego, and that included one that we got in overtime. Um, so we put up, what was it, 33 in week one on 12 drives, and we put up 12 in week two on 13 drives. Hmm. Um, if, if, again, for those keeping score at home, the average number of plays per drive was five plays. Um, the Chiefs ended up with five three and outs also, if you're tallying at home. Yep. Um, just a, a really ugly display from the offense. Yeah. And... There's, there isn't, I, I guess there are, there are, Arr. there's one positive number that came out of the game and it's, it's just like putting lipstick on a pig and it was just that Spencer Ware had another hundred yards and it was only on 12 touches, but. Uh, for the offense, yeah. There's, there's some, there's some defensive positives for the defense. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, another couple things to look at offensively as far as uh, statistics are concerned that may help quantify just how bad the day was. How bad? The longest drive of the day, time of possession-wise, for your Kansas City Chiefs, 2 minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, wow. And we punted. The average time of possession per drive on Sunday, 2 minutes. Um, It's... It's just... It's kind of impressive with that longest drive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Chiefs had nine penalties. They lost three fumbles. um, Actually, in the first half. And, um, listen. Fumbles, drops, penalties, sacks, third and 17s, missed tackles. Um, One one of these is is not counted as a negative, so let's not pull it out of context. But in the first half... 
the Chiefs committed five turnovers. One of them was an interception that got waved off, and it was not a bad play by Alex Smith when he did it. Correct. Which is correct. Fine. Shouldn't be held against them. Yes. Go um, on. The other that got waved off was Our a Demetrius fumble that was so obviously a fumble. Yep. It was a catch and a fumble. Um, and whatever, we got lucky, and that's I, great. I dismissed the man in the room who said it could be ruled an incomplete pass. I was like, there's there's no chance. We were both looking at it like, pass. Are you, there's no way. No chance. There's no way. Um, but as the graphic on Sunday showed you, um, and we saw this both uh, for the Chiefs and for the Texans, because ultimately the Texans had a touchdown uh, waved off, um, CBS kept throwing that graphic up of the NFL's uh, verbiage or vernacular or language or description of what a catch is in the NFL. And um, I was trying to count it, but I was a little inebriated. And the TV, I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't like far away or anything. But Oh, they put up like the rules like, of it? I was like trying to count it, and they've got like the rule on the left-hand side of the TV it was like a hundred words. <laughs> it takes the NFL a hundred words to tell us what a catch is. I, I will, I will fight for the NFL here because somebody has to introduce a better way to rule what a catch is for me to listen, and nobody has. People complain because the NFL doesn't know what a catch is. Nobody knows what a catch is. What's a catch? Well, people I mean, people say it looks like a catch. Okay, well, okay, you got to go beyond that. You got to go beyond that. There's going to be some gray area there. Mm-hmm. We have to find something there. So I'm kind of with the NFL. They're trying to put it into black and white words, and it's just not happening. And it's leading to a lot of unclear rulings. Ultimately, what I walked away from between the two plays that were in question on whether or not it was a catch. And and again, we'll recap. It's the Demetrius Harris... Demetrius Harris was clearly a fumble. And then and the DeAndre Hopkins... That DeAndre was Hopkins in the didn't have control until uh, he, he was bobbling it. When he did get full control, he was out of bounds. That was so, really great. So I thought that... And, I'll and, take over for this if, if the NFL wants me to. If, if you're listening, <laughs> what is Dean Blandino? If you're listening... <laughs> Available for hire here. I'm not doing much. It's a Tuesday night right now. I'm uh, not doing much. I, I, I will come aboard. That's and, I, and I will rule what's a catch. It's a pretty generous offer yeah. on your birthday. Willing to work. Willing to work. On your birthday. Yeah. Then you don't have to pay me much. Like 40,000 years. That's that's a man of integrity right there. <laughs> Working on his birthday. Um, I do want to, uh, before we end, just like the strictly stat talk so to speak. Um, I I casually mentioned that Spencer Ware had 105 yards on 12 touches. So uh, tallying it up for the future NFL MVP, through two weeks, Spencer Ware has 30 touches for 304 yards. There was a stat today that came out from Pro Football Focus that said, oh, Spencer Ware and um, D'Angelo Williams are the only two players with 300 yards from scrimmage so far this season. Oh, wow. And Both uh, are going to get replaced soon. And I'm pretty sure that D'Angelo Williams against Cincinnati on Sunday had like 28 carries. And Spencer <laughs> Ware has, has 30 touches in two weeks. Uh, uh, that's, give, him the, give him the ball. That's just how good he's been. Give him the ball. 30 touches, 
for over 300 yards. He had a run that I don't know if people realize its its spectacularness. Uh, but man, there was nothing. He broke a couple tackles in the backfield and reeled off 30 yards. Uh, Spencer Ware is still amazing, even though he didn't do amazing things on Sunday. Uh, I mean, honestly, I 12 touches for 105 yards, like, that's that's And that's awesome. good enough. It's, that's, that's good enough. Very, very good. Give him the fucking ball. Um, Give him the ball. And and meanwhile, um, and listen, no offense to my dad. Hung out with my dad tonight. No offense to my dad. Uh, hung out with my dad. My dad likes to talk sports I like that me. segment. No offense to my dad. <laughs> yeah. No offense to my dad, but... <laughs> he was like, so is Jamal going to play on Sunday? And I'm like, I don't care. Not trying to... <laughs> not, not trying to... Be I don't mean disagree. To Jamal. I don't I'm disagree. not trying to be mean to my dad, but like honestly, um, I think that everyone needs to start preparing for life without Jamal. Uh, you know what I trade Jamal for? Justin Houston being healthy right now. Yeah, I will just trade him into oblivion, like he doesn't go to anyone, just out into the free agent just, market, maybe just retires, and then just <laughs> Jamal could just say, you know what? And now um, Justin Houston plays week three. Yeah, and that's it. I'll I'll make that trade. I um I, I love Jamal Charles uh, as as you heard in the intro Jamal freaking Charles the guy's incredible he's incredible he's one of my favorite players that I've ever had the pleasure of watching I feel but, like we've I feel like we've talked to someone on this podcast a lot who likes Jamal Charles um, calls him his favorite player ever yeah well until LeBron James came along well I see, but <laughs> favorite, favorite football player ever. put together the three best games in NBA history blah, blah, blah. yeah he's he's okay. Um, I just, uh, I guess I'm I, when I when I look at Jamal and then I look at Houston, I'm I'm just like, I want the team to figure out how to if they can, and this might be just a really tall order, you know, without your best offensive and defensive player, figure out how to be good without. Them. That's fair, and that's and and my retort to that. Why did the national media like us so much? Like, why is everybody on the Chiefs bandwagon? Like, I'm... The Chiefs are kind of what I thought they'd be. Why was everybody so high on them without Justin Houston, Jamal Charles? Like, we lost Sean Smith. They don't... I, I realize nobody uh, recognizes how important he was to the team. Nobody likes Sean Smith right now. <laughs> you're going to be dying on that hill by yourself after Sean Smith's first two games I this season. I am perfectly fine with that. <laughs> You've seen this Chiefs team without Sean Smith the first three weeks last year. You've seen it without Sean Smith the first two weeks this year. The guy might be important. I mean, you might want to realize that. There's certain Chiefs fans who, who don't think Sean Smith is good. That's Can I ask you something? You, Let me ask yeah, you something please, about Sean Smith. Ask me. Oh, ask me all the things you want about Sean Smith. I'm only, I'm only going to ask you one thing because okay. the, cause this is a Chiefs podcast. Okay. Um, do you think that the first couple weeks of Sean Smith this year, if you had to guess... I'm going to give you multiple choice. Okay. The reason that the first couple games this year are bad. Raiders coach Steph. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was going to give you the option of uh, basically he's not being used the right way or he got paid a bunch of money. Uh, I mean, I could settle on either one. I'm, I'm leaning towards Raiders coaching staff, mostly because it's funnier. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Sean Smith is what he is. Like, the Chiefs figured that out and learned how to use them. The Raiders have not. Even with And maybe he just, like, what's I mean, what's the argument there? Sean Smith, all offseason, didn't work out, and he's out of shape and doesn't care? I don't know if it's that or if it's just, like, he just, you know, doesn't 
have the same fire and drive in him because he has earned his money. Uh, and he had to, like, he was on a prove-it contract in Kansas City, fine. and he did prove it, and now he has the money. And so it doesn't matter how he performs, basically, he's he got that paycheck. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you, you can throw whatever you want to me. Uh, I'm not trying to throw shade at Sean Smith. No. I'm just asking. I know you're not. The but, reason I but, ask... But people are. People are. Right. You can say whatever the fuck you want about Sean Smith. Uh, he was vastly important to this Chiefs team. And if you don't believe me, watch him for the next 14 weeks and, you, and you'll learn it. He was, he was he a was, big part of the he success. He was dynamite. He was dynamite. He did not get thrown at for two plus years. So, you know, Sean Smith can do whatever in Oakland. And I kind of thought he would struggle there after getting paid because it was kind of that mindset, like, after he gets paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also I saw them, I mean, lining up with Brandon Cooks one-on-one is not... How to use shots? I feel like a few times that I was watching him get beat too. It was like covering guys where they're running across the field, and I'm like, even in all the man to man that we played, I still feel like Sean Smith never left the right side of it's, the defense. Like it was just like, oh, he crossed he crossed the hash mark. All right, I don't have to cover him anymore. Yeah. Even like in man, there, I mean, um, just there, there are players and there are coaches. They each have their own jobs, and they're supposed to complement each other. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs and Sean Smith did. And you can take that away from Sean Smith and say it's nothing, but enjoy the Chiefs this season because we don't have Sean Smith. And, it was it was a nice and, fit, and we'll see what's happening. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about the offense, um, oh. and this is this how, is how you go to Marcus Peters there. Um, I could, but I want to talk a little bit about the offense okay. because you mentioned okay. Um, what did I mention? What did I mention? That? <laughs> I don't. I, it just jumped. It jumped right out of my head. Oh, okay. Welcome to amateur. Hour. Hey. Um. All right. God, are you drunk or something? <laughs> One of us. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Give this guy a beer. What are, What are we drinking here? We are drinking the Crane Brewing. It's from Crane Farmhouse it's, IPA. It's from Raytown. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, it might be overexposure. To the team. Actually, here. Now I'll, I'll bring it back to that segue. You do you, man. You mentioned that the national media was has been all over the Chiefs. Despite the guys that, that we were missing. And so, like, where Cousin did that come Sal, from? Why was it? Cousin Sal picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Well, here's the thing. That's not a, I'm picking the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because I think they're the best. It's, I'm picking the Chiefs because they're 23-1 to 1 and I like that bet the yes. most. Yeah. Um, but with the national media being on the Chiefs, um, and maybe their perception just being different than that of people that watch them very intently every single week, like you and I do. Okay. So it might be like overexposure to the team or overexposure to Andy. This is now the fourth season that we're watching, but man, I feel like half the time they come out and I see what formation they're in. And especially I start to see like what motion they might do. And I know what we're doing. I know the play call. I watch them come out. I see the formation that we're I'm in. Smiling. And I'm just like, okay, so this, I mean, I don't know if it's going to work or not. But <laughs> half, I mean, but, but there are times when I feel like, do we only have like five plays in this playbook? And, and I, that's, it's totally unfair. I get it. I'm, I'm marginalizing something that Andy Reid is really no, no, good no. at. But don't, don't downplay your words there. Uh, it's it's perfectly legitimate thought. 
I think Andy's offense has maybe too much of that. Um, we see some complaints when he gets too cute. His throws around the line of scrimmage, those aren't those aren't doing anything. They aren't fooling anyone. Uh, they aren't gaining any yards. Um, I mean, I, I see it. I, I, I get it. I get it. But, in the grand scheme, despite that, despite, I mean, we've kind of, we've, there's glimpses of that before, we're still a top ten offense, like, the last three years. Yeah. Like, despite all that shit, Andy still gets a lot out of it. Well, and when you bear those numbers out over a full season, and, and it's not just after a bad game like it was in Houston, you know, maybe some of that stuff, it'll it'll dim down a little bit. It's not going to feel like it's right there under the microscope like it is today. Um, I I just, man, I'm so frustrated when I think about it, though, because it's like, we're, we're better than that. I just thought they played so poorly. You should be frustrated because... I'm throwing long-range stats at you, and that was maybe the worst game Andy and Alex have ever had as a Chief on Sunday. Alex was 20 so, of 37 for 186 yards. And, and, that's, and, and that's, after being three, kind. that's being kind. That's being kind. Here you go. After three quarters, Alex was 11 of 22 for 62 yards. 62. 62 yards passing in three quarters. Like, And right before that, he was outpaced by both... Both Hendrick West and Spencer Ware. They both had each of their running yards were more than his passing yards. Yeah, at one point. And it's just like I, I don't know if I heard somebody say this and, and so it like just stuck with me and I'm like yeah, but now it's my idea. Yeah, but man, yeah, that's the best. I feel like I feel like there's something about there's something about Andy. Where he thinks that we have to throw our way out of it. And and I think that as much as we've talked about Alex panicking in the pocket, or Alex, especially when you look at his career statistics, like we, we had to blow them all up after week one. Whether it's how much you get down, how much you, the other team scores, or whatever. Um, I have a feeling... That I think that Andy were we blowing him up. I, I, no, no, I no, blow him up. No, I, I wasn't saying getting rid of him, but but he beat all of them. But go on. But I go think on. I think that Andy has just as much a tendency to panic as we have given Alex crap for panicking. Andy with the play calling. Andy with the way that the flow of the game goes panics when we're down just as much as Alex does on the field. <clears throat> I mean, why would that explain all of the time mismanagement throughout his entire career? And you look at even just even just last year that the drive that everybody talks about when you have you're down two scores and you go on a 16 play like eight and a half minute drive against New England. Don't like, upset me on birthday. I'm, don't I'm just me. I'm just looking at these things and I'm thinking, man, like I I don't want to harp specifically on play calling. Andy Reid, um, the the. Passe thing that people are throwing around is, you know, guys like that have forgotten more about football than I'll ever learn. <laughs> like, Andy Reid is is one of the best head coaches you know in the modern era. I've forgotten more about football than, than most of you listening will ever learn. Uh, that, that happens. Uh, <laughs> 
There's there there are plenty of jokes to be had about short term and long term memory loss. Uh, uh, but it's your birthday. Uh, um, I'm gonna make that joke. Listen, I I know that you and I wanted to get to a discussion about Marcus Peters because that yeah. seems like what the yeah, media and the fans have all been harping on these past couple days after the game. Let's uh, get it. But. Before we do that, let's take a quick break. Oh, come to on! Hear from I want to talk now. <laughs> We're gonna hear from our fake sponsors. We'll be right back. Oh, I, I like money. Yeah. Hey, beautiful. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Amateur Hour. RSH and his darkness. We'll be right back after this short break. You know. As AHPKC has grown over the years, people keep telling us how much they enjoy hearing our passion about the Chiefs. I mean, we're just two regular dudes that live and eat and drink and love everything about Kansas City. And hey, so do our listeners. That's right. You know, the AHPKC audience tunes in from all over the world. But over 80% of those folks live right here. Are you looking for a way to get your name out there? Well, not only is this space available in our show, but AHPKC can offer a number of other unique sponsorship opportunities. Just send an email to contactahpkc at gmail.com. That's C-O-N-T-A-C-T-A-H-P-K-C at gmail.com. Just a fan that loves what you hear? Well, feel free to inquire about donating to the cause. And thanks again for listening to Amateur Hour. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Um, as promised, at the top of the show, we were going to go through and give out a special thanks to those of you that uh, went to our PayPal and decided to be generous and give us some donations. Uh, for those of you that are interested in wanting to also join this new uh like AHPKC Ring of Honor. Help us! That these initial... Keep uh, us on the air! ...kind folks decided that they... God, if we don't get uh, money this week. (laughs) If we don't get money. Dirk is, uh... Dirk is on his knees right now. Oh! (laughs) Hallelujah! Begging and pleading. Hallelujah to these folks. Um... But yeah, you can go to our PayPal account. It is paypal.me slash AHPKC. So paypal.me slash AHPKC. Make a donation. Um, and obviously we'll you know we'll talk to you. We'll we'll shout you out on Twitter and whatnot. But we're trying to figure out a way to um, really show our gratitude um, in a way to kind of incentivize folks, aside from obviously the top quality programming that you're getting. Um, but every dollar that you guys are giving us is in some way, shape, or form going to go back toward the podcast. Um, but Dirk, you've got the list of guys and gals, uh, that decided they wanted to donate this first week. No gals. So looking down at you, all the females listening, all eight of you. Step your game up, ladies. Jesus. Why haven't you gotten your girlfriend to donate yet? And you know she listens, at least in some way. I mean, she did it to the to the booze fund all day today. So. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Let's give her props for that. All right, thanks, B. B in the in the APKC Hall of Fame. Everybody else, Ryan Ewing. Thanks, man. Thanks for all the retweets. We appreciate it. Thomas Norwood, Jonathan Baker. Hey, I like that. Michael Howard, big fan. 
Patrick Allen, jeez. Goodness. <laughs> you are the man. I I'd like to see that number. Joshua Pack, Andrew Ewing. That's Andrew Ewing, not Andrea. I don't know. I, I kind of stumbled there. Okay. Apologies to Andrew Ewing. But thanks to all you guys. We uh we appreciate the contributions and uh, we're gonna we're gonna make this show even better for you guys, for you six or seven. Or eight, if you include my girlfriend. <clears throat> we certainly appreciate everyone's generosity. Um, and now let's uh, get back into the show with a new thing. Cheers! <laughs> it's a new thing. Oh, that... it's che- cheers! Cheers! <laughs> 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 uh, something that's completely inherent to Kansas City Chiefs fans. You could just be walking around in the parking lot. Cheers! <laughs> how intoxicated or sober you are. Yep. Uh, that's that's like the universal, that's terrible. It's a universal mating call for Chiefs fans. <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're gonna do something because man, man, Cause Albert man. Wilson. Uh, before we before we talk about the defense, I I need to I need to just concede. I need to wave the white flag on oh. our oh our original Oklahoma drill. Um, I mowed you over in that drill, and I knew it at the time. Albert Wilson. Buddy, you're uh, you're making me look bad. Uh, I I stood pretty strong. I put both feet down real firm and said, "Albert Wilson gonna be great." But he's buying himself, and I was buying him. But um, through two games, Albert Wilson has played ninety out of one hundred and thirty-five offensive snaps. That is exactly. Two thirds of the offensive snaps. I knew that. I was adding up in my head, but I knew that. And stat line <laughs> Albert Wilson. Five catches for 12 yards. <laughs> Boom! It's, uh, it's, it's pretty bad. That's, that's not great. Pretty, it's not great. Pretty bad. Hit a couple uh, incompletions in there that were, uh, you know. Didn't the, catch it and hit right the, away. That we're just like, all right, let's scrape the uh, zero yard pass Albert Wilson out of the uh, offense. <laughs> he just doesn't look like he's trying, um, and it's not like man, he's too so cool sm- for school. He's so smooth, he doesn't look like he's trying. It's like no, he just really doesn't look too like cool he's for trying. school. He might be. Uh, let's transition into the defense, though. We spent about thirty minutes talking about the offense. Um, and now we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball, who uh, actually stepped their game up yeah. from, from week one to week two. I think that the obvious place to begin, um, I'll just say, who was our best player on Sunday? And there is only one correct answer. Oh. It's Marcus Peters. Ah. Um, I, ah. I, I put a, a little tweet out there on the at... A-H-P-K-C. You gotta be careful with those. People people don't always like the tweets. I said, you know? Yeah. Oh. Marcus Peters. Rough start. Marcus Peters getting beat yeah. by fans in the media oh. a lot more than he's getting beat on the field. Oh! oh. That was my zinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one crowd on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I thought that stick up for your boy. Let's go. Let's go. It's a Marcus Peters time. I think that 
the expectations that people had stepping into this year, um, primarily because, as we talked about with Sean Smith... Sean Smith! (laughs) (laughs) I'm having trouble controlling the volume of my voice! (laughs) I just love Sean Smith. I always love him. Um, I, I think that people were... Obviously, you're kind of like urging... Marcus Peters to take the number one corner role, um, and he, you didn't even have to. Like that's something that I think he's going to take pride in himself. It's, it's early, but it's early for that. But yeah, you're talking about it's the guy's 19th game or something. And I mean, if if you're pressing me, I would say let's give Peters that role in his third year. Like let's let's wait a little bit. I mean, it's early to put everything we have on Marcus Peters. I also think, um, and this is not. This is not meant to just be in like defense of Marcus Peters because he's played poorly because I don't think that he has, but it's also a bit unfair to suddenly just say, well, like basically if he gives up catches or he gives up touchdowns, then he's not a good player and that he's supposed to be shouldering the load for that secondary when, I mean, technically... I guess as far as the corners are concerned, he is the most experienced, and he's in his sophomore season. In yes, NFL. second season. He's played more games than maybe the rest of our corners combined. Um, I mean, I guess I take that back because Acker started all year last year, um, but oh. we don't even know who like, was that. Kenneth Acker. Oh, he's on the team. Yeah, he is. Okay, we traded for him. Yeah, we actually traded. I hear he has a good nickname. We actually traded Rod Streeter for him, and uh, uh, if that if that stat line from Albert Wilson was any, maybe we should have kept Rod Streeter. Around. Keep Rod Streeter. Uh, maybe should have kept Marcus Cooper around after his stat line. Uh, uh, two interceptions, one touchdown. <laughs> Is that what he had? Yeah, and a fight with the. Uh, well, who they playing? They were playing? They're they're playing the uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, he got into he got into it with okay. Jameis. Oh, a little scaffold. Jeez, scuffle. Well, scaffold. I, I think the scuffle. thing with Peters for scuffle. me is scuffle. that uh, I, I I'm not sure scuffle. what people's scuffle. expectation is of a number one corner or because of the talk about Peters and him winning Defensive Rookie of the Year, like what their expectation was for him entering this season. But it almost seems like you just like can't. It's like he he gave up a catch, so suddenly he's not good. And don't get me wrong, yeah, he gave up a long catch. And don't get me wrong, he gave up a touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, which people are kind of you know they're they're quibbling and quabbling over whether it was. They're crazy about it. They're crazy. <laughs> they're crazy. People are crazy. All right, that ain't offensive pass interference, guys. That ain't just because Marcus Peters throws up his arms. Does not equal offense pass appearance. I don't think that they're here's he he caught the ball and scored a touchdown, and that's the result of the play. Yeah, and they threw the flag and the flag got declined, so it doesn't matter. I don't think that it should have been offensive or defensive pass interference. I think that it was one of those like incidentals where you just like what I I'm not one of the stranger plays. I mean he, he I don't think he interferes. I wouldn't call it on him. Right. I wouldn't call it on Hopkins, but he like. He, like, gets his body into him and puts his arms up to, like, say he's not penalizing. And then he just gives up, kind of, just kind of sidles off to the sideline. Meanwhile, Hopkins continues on the play and catches it for a touchdown. Um, Not good on Peters. 
uh, and I wouldn't say a, a, a penalty on either side. I would say it's just, it's a let it go. Um, so I would have I would have been mad if that was called, and he didn't catch it, but he caught it. So I didn't. I mean, I didn't really care. Um, I think that there's just so much action that's happening on Marcus Peters' side of the field, be it what fans consider good or bad interceptions or you know long plays or you know, emotion and whatnot. So it's just like, it's, he can become the center of attention. And so if what you're doing is constantly watching, what did Marcus Peters do today? Then even the smallest thing can be blown out of proportion. People don't know how to handle NFL cornerbacks. It is the hardest position in sports I'm going to repeat that. It is the hardest position in sports. Quarterback is tough. Every rule is in your favor. Every rule is against NFL quarterback's favor. These guys are shitted upon. One of the best NFL quarterbacks through two weeks now is Josh Norman. All that's happened is he's been shitted on. <laughs> All that's happened. Is that a word? It's a word tonight. Yeah, shit, shit, tit on. Ah. Shit, shit, tit. <laughs> well, don't, don't make me, don't, come on, come on, Rod Wordsmith. Giving you a hard time. Um, but, but as a whole, um, people, people freak out about NFL cornerback play. It's very easy to place blame. Okay, I'm going to make a comparison here. I got a couple of Peter's comparisons here. Okay? This is the first one. Uh, it's a it's a batter in baseball. He gets a hit thirty percent of the time, and that's really good. Mm-hmm. If you bat three hundred, that's really good. If you're playing NFL quarterback, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to compare rates necessarily, but you're going to get beat most of the time. Every rule is against you. You're on one on one. He knows the route. You do not. That's that's built for the receiver to win. Playing NFL quarterback is. So hard. Not to I mention can't. all. Not to mention the fact that like I, they even say like the tie goes to the receiver. Like if if two if they both come down with the ball yeah. and it's an actual tie, like yeah. the receiver gets it. And all of the flags we've talked about um, the way that penalties work, especially pass interference, the way that it works, where it's like a spot foul. 60 yards down the field where we think that sometimes offenses are like game planning for that under throw the ball it can a little be, it bit can be the slightest touch and it's still 60 yards downfield but you also look at illegal contact or defensive holding i think both of those are automatic first downs yep. to penalties against the defense yep i mean it's not a loss of down on the offense if there's a holding you know you look at some of that stuff and I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, how, how, how? I wanted to say how does this relate to Peters, but that's not the question that I actually want to how? ask. Um, something that I saw, um, and I and I think that it was our buddy Sully. Uh, listen, Sully, I love what you're doing with the podcast, but man, your takes on the Chiefs are killing me. I don't. Oh. I can't tell if you're trolling right now because that's what you're doing so well to other franchises. Or if you really think that the Chiefs are as bad as some of the guys that you're talking about. Like, you you are slandering 
Marcus Peters oh. day in and day Did out. So happen? And I'm no, it's just like I see his tweets and I'm like, Sully, I genuinely can't tell if you're joking. Because if he thinks Marcus Peters is a bad player, then Sully stop stop watching. Stop watching the defensive backs play and stick to the offensive line because you're great at that. But if you think Peters is bad, you got another thing coming, man. If you're watching the game and you're just like, he gets beat for an eight yard catch, he can't give that up. He's a bad corner. No, they're all gonna give that up. This is just the process. It's 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 a it's a win as close to the amount the same amount as you lose type of argument for corners. People are being mean to Josh Norman. People are being mean to Darrell Rivas. This is the most unforgivable position in sports. I cannot stress this enough. It's not a position that's meant to be won. It's tough. Everything's going against you. I, I, mean, think that- I, I will bash on Peters. I, I, I got some bashes on Peters coming. But I'm just telling you, take a break and look at the way you look at NFL quarterbacks. It's tough. It's tough. I also, and, and if you don't think it's tough, how many good ones are there in the NFL? Five, three, one. Yeah, there's there's not very many out and of out of a hundred. And if you're a corner in the NFL, um, I mean, generally speaking, the impact that you can have on a game, the impact plays that you can make, they're at least as far as statistically speaking, it's passes defended and interceptions. That's it. I mean, you can look at the stats that you give up, but every single corner gives up stats, period. They all do. Um, and, and yeah, they're, they're varying degrees. Some guys give up more than others. And they talked about how Peters was the most targeted corner in the NFL last year, and he gave up a bunch of catches and yards and so on and so forth. Well, he also tied for the lead league, the league lead in positive plays for a cornerback. That's another thing. Which That's is another thing. passes defense and interceptions. Like, That's- you... He did everything that you could possibly do as far as positive things for a corner. Let's Marcus Peters from last year and Marcus Peters from this year. What's different? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, he honestly nothing. like so far, nothing has been different. Sean Smith has left, so he's the number one corner. That's changed. So if you want to look at an external, mm-hmm. you know, force that's that's come in there, but Marcus Peters. It was, it was what, like the third most yards in the NFL or something? Like, it was an absurd stat how many yards he gave up. He also has 11 interceptions in 20 career games. Like, this is Marcus Peters. This is what he is. We're all trying to adjust to it, trying to figure out what he is. But I, he hasn't been any different than he was last year. Maybe people were expecting him to just take that jump and become like a top five corner and be shut down all of a sudden. It's not going to happen. Like, I, I, I saw this coming, a, a backlash against Marcus Peters the first few weeks. Like, he's going to give up these yards. Do you think it has to do with the fact that they're, like, that the defense as a whole isn't just, like, really, really dominant? And I, that's why I said I, I think that there's so much action that happens, like, around Peters that he's under a microscope. So even the smallest thing can be blown out of proportion. But you said you had some Peter shade coming. It's a negative Marcus Peters coming. Do you have some stored up things that you want to say about Marcus Peters that you, you think need to be cleaned up? I no, guess? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I, I would just say um, I'm not like a Marcus Peters backer here. I'm not saying he's invincible. I'm saying he was what he was last year. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he was what I thought he was in the preseason. He's not a top five NFL cornerback. 
He's a second-year cornerback who showed a lot of promise, who's trying to grow into being a number one cornerback. Not trying to grow into being a top five NFL cornerback, trying to grow into being a number one NFL cornerback. It well, is tough. I mean, the, the, it's tough. the top five corners in the NFL are Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, Chris Harris, Josh Norman, and maybe even Aqib Tlaib. Like, okay. I, I, I don't... And, I think, think Aqib like Tlaib is a very good comparison uh, for what Marcus Peters will be. We talked will, about guys like that, like Tlaib. I, I mentioned D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Hall is, is, is one we've come up with. Um, uh, he, I mean, he will always give up yards, I think, and he will always make plays, is, yeah. what, it's, is what it's pointing towards. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to be like a Revis shutting down Randy Moss in his prime. It's not going to be that. And I don't think, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Maybe I mean maybe the closest thing you're going to see to somebody like that is Patrick Peterson and Sherman has has and Peterson gets beat he does Peterson gets beat I mean he takes his lumps and <clears throat> people like him because he travels with the number one receiver everywhere but he still takes his lumps he takes his lumps it's going to happen because it's it's a really really it's, difficult position to play do um, I have to say it again do I have to say no it? no you don't okay, okay. Um, as far as his emotions are concerned because um, I mean we saw that one. Tweet and I I can't verify that it was actually real, but something about Marcus Peters needs to go on a street corner and get shot like the thug he is or something was a oh, caller dear. on eight ten. You remember oh. seeing that? Oh yeah. I mean, oh. they there are. Do you agree with that take or? <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> I um, that's 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 hard. That's coming that's coming to the rim hard. I know that I know that Marcus Peters is an emotional player, but I think that. Um, when you listen to interviews on both 610 and 810 this week, now granted, they are white guys that played in the trenches, but on 810, yeah. I heard Tim Grunard say yeah. he's a lot like Dale Carter, and he's not quite as good as Dale Carter was, but that doesn't mean he can't be. Yeah. And um, no, his passion is what makes him great. So you can't try to change too much of his emotion because that's the way that he plays. Tim Grunard and? And then you flip over to 610, and it's Billy Bob Moss, and he basically said the exact same thing. He yep. reminds me a lot of Dale Carter. He is. And he and is. He is and he I keep mo- to leave. It's like D'Angelo he, Hall, he, Dale Carter, He relies Peters. on his emotions, and if you try to take that out of him, you take the dog out of him, I believe was the actual quote. Samari and Roll. And he's not... <laughs> He's not going to be the same player anymore. Um, I don't. Is that a reach? I don't know if Samari Roll was um, an emotional player. I don't know where that came from. I mean, Samari Roll was really good. I don't know where that came from. He was like the best corner in the league for like two years. And then he disappeared. Yeah, he got hurt. Had too many injuries. Uh, Um, I know that we have some other things on the defense. Hold on, hold on. Marcus Peters' thoughts. Okay. Um, First off, his taunting call. I think he's being profiled by the NFL right now. Okay. For better or worse. I think the eyes are on him. If Marcus Peters is talking, he's going to get flagged. Uh, and and you can argue whether that's fair or not, but I think the refs are looking at him. If Marcus Peters is talking, they're throwing that flag. I think that's going to be a, a continuous story of this season. Man, and all the white guys on radio are going to love that. All, all my wow. take? I hope, I hope my take gets to the white guys on radio. That's, that's what we all hope, right? That's what all us bloggers, all us podcasters are hoping for. Let's get to the white guys on radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say, uh, I mentioned this in the Facebook Live. Uh, for those of you that didn't catch it, um, shortly after the Spencer Ware fumble, 
they showed on the sidelines coach Eric Bieniemy finger wagon pretty hard finger wagon at Spencer Ware and typically you get that like coach coddling and the other players and whatnot just being like dude it's okay let's you know we'll pick it up next drive um, but Bieniemy was pissed and he was tearing into him that finger wagging that angry pointing and finger wagging that is like the appropriate iteration of the taunting the flag rule <laughs> um, but. I, I know that people saw the tweet go around because it got like 10,000 retweets or something. Uh, so if you have a Twitter account, I imagine that you saw it. But in the promo for the game from NFL.com, a tweeted out promo was J.J. Watt doing his finger wag, which is basically like his sack celebration. And I did not go back and watch to see when J.J. Watt had sacks on Sunday if he did the finger wag. J.J. Watt had no sacks on Sunday. Didn't he? I thought he had, like... I thought he had a sack. Oh, I'm sorry. I think, I'm just making wordplay. I think he had a sack. I'm making wordplay. Um, I had sacks on Sunday. J.J. <laughs> Watt had no sacks. No sacks. I had very dirty sacks. Uh, oh. Oh. Well, it's an overshare. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was just, just uh, driving the point home there. You, you mentioned that that it was profiling. And that... I it, Profiling! In me being ridiculous, I wanted to say, well, it does kind of seem a bit racial that we've got young, hotshot, African-American finger-wagging, not even at a player, but just at the stands, the same way that J.J. Watt does, and they throw a taunting flag at him. But J.J. does it in that stadium, and he's, you know, J.J. Watt, and it's perfectly fine. I mean, if you're telling me Jason Seahorn doesn't get flagged for that, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. I got another comparison here. You ready for it? For Marcus Peters? Yeah. It's real simple. You guys have all heard of him. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I can see that. Travis Kelsey's really good at some things, but not always the best at some of the little things. Like Travis Kelsey. Still not a blocker. You will, will that's go gonna be my your... That's going to be my weekly update. Travis will... Kelsey, still not a blocker. Can't wait for Travis Kelsey to fumble four times this year I... in, in important moments. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, Travis Kelsey, I think he can block, but he doesn't always keep his focus on the blocks. There will be some that slip past him. Uh, he's got a, a tendency to fumble. These little things, they get to Travis Kelsey. They get to him. Big things, you like everything. And you like everything Travis Kelsey's doing. He's, he's huge. He's fast. He's catching the ball. He's catching touchdowns. It's great. But he's fumbling. So these little things. I think it's really similar to Marcus Peters. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, I mean, how they're liked and disliked over the next couple years. Because they're both on the team the next couple years. Yeah. They're both kind of the team's biggest stars. Yep. But also flawed players. But also flawed. In their, in their own ways. And they have their own their problems, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah. that's, that's the comparison I, I came up with today in my, in my stamping through the zoo on my birthday. Uh, so I know we have a couple more things uh, to do. Uh, we're almost at an hour, so let's try to make them quick. Yeah, quick! Um, you, you sent out a tweet. Oh, gosh. We use tweets to get our thoughts out there. Don't remind me. You sent a tweet out. Oh, God. And you said that Sunday might have been D. Ford's best game as a pro. Second best game. Second best game as a pro. Tell me why. 
What about D Ford's performance on Sunday would quantify it as his second best game as a professional? I'm not disagreeing. I just want to hear about it. Uh, well, his best game is obviously the San Diego game of last year. Oh man, that that play in the end zone. Yeah, covering my Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Oh, oh goodness. Um, beyond that, what's the second best D Ford game? <laughs> <laughs> So basically, he had, he had an okay game on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good. He was I pushing he the pocket. Uh, got in there a few times. I don't, think he, I don't think he registered any stats of note. But uh, I would say he was our best outside linebacker. Um, and that's, that's basically it. Uh, that was not... I mean, I, I, I phrase it as both uh, promising for D4's future and sad... But that was that could be in consideration for a second best game. Um, and yeah, that's 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 what I got on that. I I don't disagree with the assessment. Um, I do think that. How about how about outside linebacker snaps? D Ford sixty two, Frank Zombo fifty three, Tom Holly thirty one. Pretty low. They maybe decided to kind of bring it back a little bit. For Tomba, um, I mean, he, I think he, he played more he than I expected in week one, and and he went down in week two. Um, but I mean, he still he looked he looked fresh. Um, <clears throat> man, get Frank Zombo off my football team. If this, um, yeah, if, you don't, if you don't have a bigger point here, let's no. get Frank Zombo out of here. Yeah, no, let's go ahead and. I don't want to. I didn't uh, want to waste time with Frank Zombo right Desmond now. Desmond Moses. I'm Daddy Nicholas. I can't believe that Desmond Moses is not getting defensive snaps right now. Let's see just, some snaps. Just, all right. Frank Zombo right. is not doing anything. No, he's not. Let's he's get not. him off the field. Um, I, get him off the field! Sorry. You're fine. Um, I do I do want to mention, uh, you know, I, I pointed out that I thought that D was doing a, a really interesting thing where when he went way out wide, which he seemed to line up way out wide, that he yeah. wasn't getting up the field. I and forgot to note it like this week. Did you note it? Yeah, I thought that he kind of, it seemed like Scooted. he was in tighter and that he was getting up the field more. Um, and and I thought that he held contain in the run game a little bit better than he yeah, did the third in the one. And, third one, the great play. Um, but I mean, you also, I, don't, don't get me wrong. He did not have the best containment play of the game. That goes to a 360-pound nose tackle well, that somehow goes and splits two defenders and then gets upfield and is like, up, oh, up, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Kicks that runner inside. I mean, that was an incredibly athletic play. That I guess out like a rack of ribs. It was, oh, a rack of ribs. That's, I like that. You like that? That's a wreck. We're going to have to start. Yeah, I tweeted that Sunday. We're going to have to start wrecking ribs, man. He went went under the radar on Sunday, but I I tweeted that out. Did you have the best tweet of the day on Sunday? Again? Uh, Probably. Okay. I don't know them all. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, You know what? It's it's getting easier to stay off the old Twitter on Sundays. Yeah. Twitter's not a... uh, That ain't a pretty place for, uh, well, Chiefs fans, football fans. Yeah. Uh, fans of life, few etc. A few quick hitters um, <laughs> to wrap up the Texans game. Uh, Jay Howard played the most snaps on the defensive line. Uh, granted, it was only by one. Jay Howard um, was good, but I thought that he and Bailey and Poe all looked pretty good. I thought that Chris Jones looked pretty good. I didn't see anything out of Bailey. 
I'll admit that. I'll just say in general, because they gave Lamar Miller 25 carries and he only had 80-something yards, the Texans, That's fine. as a team, had less than 100 yards rushing, and they had basically twice as many carries as we did, and we had more rushing yards than they did. That's fine. I'll put it at one week. Week one, nothing out of Poe, Jay, Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, week two, I thought Poe played a really good game. Jay Howard played a pretty good game. And I still haven't seen anything on Alan Bailey. That's, that's, that's uh, my stance on that. Ron Parker and Marcus Peters Parker both made solid. the PFF team of the week for oh, the really? defense in week two. Yeah. Um, so that was cute. Uh, Eric Parker's, Parker's great. Uh, I've seen some people champion him. I need to see better tackling out of Ron Parker before I'm uh, before I go gug home. Yeah, he, he needs to tackle better in the run game. He's still as a safety, figuring out how to be. He's a safety, a safety now. I'm judging him as a safety. He's not he a corner. Didn't play safety last year, unfortunately. No, no. he's versatile. I'll give him yeah. that. Yeah, he got versatile his credit. Uh, he's got a good week two to his credit, but I need to see better tackling. I thought in the limited snaps, Sorensen looked pretty good. Um, cool. I thought that He's for cool. the most part, Gaines looked pretty good. Um, Steven Nelson. Gaines got to make that tackle. Is, is the yeah, bad that part. was tough right there it's toward the end. I've seen some real different opinions on Gaines. I see. I see some people think he's terrible, and some people think he's awesome. It's kind of funny. I he. I think he. You I know what I think? Good. You know what I think? He's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Oh, so he might. He might just. He might be okay. Yeah, he's somewhere between terrible and awesome. Okay. All right. right. Um, Steven Nelson. You mentioned, mentioned like, not not really seeing anything from Alan Bailey. And this is maybe a little bit different. Uh, You always talk about how you didn't notice an offensive lineman and it was a good game. Correct. And so maybe sometimes you don't notice a corner and it's a good game. Correct. Because they just, like, covered their guy. Correct. Um, I don't remember anything from Steven Nelson on Sunday. Uh, I I I mean, he gave a few catches, I think. Okay. But he's still in the uh, top five of the... uh... Chiefs graded players on PFF. I mean, he's I I was playing a lot of snaps. I was satisfied with what I seen. Yeah, not over ninety snaps between. Well, you just got the burps here. Yep. Yeah, between uh, defense and special teams. Uh, yeah, been been satisfied with Stephen Nelson. And the interesting part is still playing over Philip Gaines. So yeah. Stephen Nelson is basically yeah. the second corner. Philip Gaines is the third corner. Uh, we will say, and, and I mean, I don't, I don't have any strong thoughts on Justin March. I will say that as bad as he looked in it's week better. one, I didn't notice him really in week two. I mean, yeah. I would think that he had to have played better because of the way that the defense played. Um, but DJ he, was, he, he wasn't on the field very much. He only played like 30 snaps on Sunday. Oh, really? So um, it, it, it was a small sample size, but still moment. DJ was much better. Oh, he was excellent. DJ was much better. DJ was good. That sack was like... Osweiler hardly had the ball in his hands when DJ got that yeah. sack. Good against the run. Um, the Chiefs play the Jets on Sunday. Hey! And, uh, I feel like you've been focused on this game. Because we're going to romp them, right? Since, I mean, since we started talking about the schedule, um, really since the schedule like started to kind of take shape based on... Uh, what he's trying to say is Ryan agency. gave me this idea in like mid-July. Yeah. That the Jets are going to whoop the Chiefs. And you I, know what? I, just, I broke a beer, a beer glass on his face then, and I'll do it again tonight if I, I have to. I don't want you to do either of those no, things. No, I'll do it. I got it right in my hand right here. Um, I, I think we're going to get beat up. I really do. Um, I've, I've said crushed. I've said... Crush! I, I just... I, I, what else you said? I just don't... I don't, I don't, I don't think... That we have much of a shot on Sunday, to be honest. I think that the Jets' offense 
is very good. And I know that there are questions about the health of the receivers, uh, but the Jets have also had three extra days not only to prepare but to be healthy because keep in mind they played the Bills on Thursday before we played the Texans on Sunday. So they've got 10 days to prepare for this game early in the season. Um, Anything that they felt like they wanted to clean up after the first couple games, that's a pretty quick, pretty early reset for you. Um, I just, I don't think that we're going to be able to consistently cover what they can do offensively. And Fitzpatrick has played really well against us in his career. And they've got a guy, they've got a guy. I've been there a few times. They've got a guy in Forte that, I mean, I know a lot of people want to maybe sleep on Matt Forte, but his ability to both run and catch, like he just presents problems. And their defensive line, it doesn't matter how much more talent we feel like we have on offense, their defensive line is going to put a hurt on us. All right, so the Jets, you're looking at a few things. Um, receivers, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Marshall's been huge. Eric Decker's better than we all thought. Eric Decker's maybe wife better than I thought. thinks he's huge, and she would know. Yeah. Oh yeah, props to that. That was good. That's good. That's a good uh, Snapchat or whatever. it was a gram. Whatever you call it, I think it was a gram. gram. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Is that what they call it? That's what I would call it. I'm too priest to think about these things. That was a gram. Um, so they got receivers. They had these un- unknown receivers stepping up. They got Quincy Anunwa, un- who's a yeah. Nebraska guy. Mm-hmm. Who was never good in college. Now he's a better pro than he was in college. They said that they're sort of playing him like tight end receiver. He's like Niles Pauling. I mean, I, also another Nebraska guy. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's our thing. He's Niles Pauling. We're, we're tight end slash receiver you. <laughs> yeah. H-back you. Yeah, now that you say that, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Kinney should have been that. Couldn't catch a ball. I, that's too deep for most of us. We have no <laughs> idea who you're talking about. <laughs> well, go back to your 2014 Amateur Hour episodes. <laughs> Um, so you're looking at receivers, uh, you got those guys, and obviously that presents a challenge, because it, it's offsets with the Chiefs do. Uh, and then you're looking at defensive line, you're looking at a defensive line that we all thought the Chiefs' defensive line would be, but the Jets', Jets defensive line actually is. They, and they also have one of my favorite linebackers that's played the game in the last 15 years. David Harris. David Harris. I mean, he's aged. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, but I mean, he's, he's the Derrick Johnson like, of their of their defense. And I mean, he's I mean, he's not as skilled as Derrick Johnson, but like he's just a consummate professional. He reminds me of London Fletcher. Like yeah. he just goes yeah, out there. Sense. It's not based on athleticism. It's based on he's a try hard guy. But man, he goes out and makes plays yeah. every week. Yeah. I love David Harris. Yeah, Michigan guy though, so you can't like him. No, of course not. No, just on principle. Hate him. Of course. Uh, I Fuck Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to come up with a bet because I I just... I, I think we're going to get destroyed on Sunday. Um, and I don't think that the, this, this is just a win-loss bet. It's Nobody's getting any points here. I'm going to um, get points. Huh? I'm going to get points. No, you're not. No. Oh. No points? There's no points. We're okay. just this is just a, right. a winner's bet. I don't know about gambling. I'm not picking lines. Oh not like that. I just want random points. Oh. I mean I'll give you props if you win. Okay. I'll be more than happy to see the Chiefs win. I just don't it just looks like a bad matchup. Yeah. Ryan's gonna be cheering against the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh no I'm not. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh what's the what were the terms? So the bet. We're gonna have a bet. Ryan's been on this all offseason. Thinks the Jets are gonna be the Chiefs. Uh, I've, I've all season I've been against him. Like, no, Jets are gonna suck. Um, I, I haven't looked the, the best on that. Bob still 
have faith in the Chiefs coming back at home. Um, and in the the lines here, uh, next Facebook Live show hopefully won't be a total disaster like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, but the uh, the winner of this bet gets to dress the loser of the bet in whatever he wants, essentially. So all right, uh, we're gonna go on Facebook Live at some point. I would imagine we're gonna try and rebound from that disaster. And, and something that and whoever if if the Chiefs win, I will dress Ryan. If the Jets win, Ryan will dress me in whatever they want, head to toe, uh, and it'll have to be on camera and yada yada. We'll, and we'll see what we come. Something up that I just recognized is that we both live with a female. Now, granted, one is platonic and one is not, so I might have to do a little bit more negotiating in order to have access to my roommate's clothes. <laughs> Whereas you just have free reign. Yeah. But, hmm. Dude, you can try and come up with women's clothing. I, really, I, look, I look way better in women's clothing I'd than I do in really women's clothing. I really like to see Dirk in a sundress. I look way better in women's clothing. <laughs> I, was, I don't know if you've how seen did you, me. How did you find that out? I don't know if you guys have seen well, well, obviously. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's, it's not a secret. <laughs> um, I, don't know, I don't know if you guys have seen my build. I got a very ladylike build here. Ladylike. Ladylike. Okay. Ladylike. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm slender. Uh, I fit in, uh, fit in some women's clothing, all right? Slender. All right, get off my back. I'm, I'm... Stop yelling at me right now. Um, Ryan, though. I'm really... I got some things planned for him. All right. I got some things planned for all him. All right. Uh, I mean, clearly, I think the Jets are going to win. Clearly, you think the Chiefs are going to win. You got a score? Uh, twenty-four to thirteen. Wow. All right. Um, I hold on, I'm gonna ask. I've I've got the Jets beating the Chiefs. Clearly, you've thought about this. No, I haven't. Yeah, you have. But you're I, looking at your notes. You're looking at. You have the score written down in your notes. I've got the Jets beating the Chiefs uh, 34-21. Maybe a, is that a, a generic blowout score? J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Uh, do you remember the last time? That no, we... generic blowout score is 38-14. Okay. You remember You remember when we, when and we met And the generic those... NFL score is is 20-17. You remember when we met the... Wait, were they Patriots fans or Jets fans? I thought we met Jets fans. Who do we meet? Where do we meet them? On, on Halloween... At McCoy's. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Mark Sanchez. Oh yeah, yeah. Mark Sanchez. Oh yeah, they had to be Jets fans, right? I think they were Jets fans. Yeah. All right, well, folks, this has been Amateur Hour. I'm Ryan Scott Hall. He's his darkness. It's his birthday, so this is Stevie Wonder singing "Happy Birthday" to you. Hey, uh, Jersey Swap, Wayne Corbett, the end. <laughs> um. Nope, the end. Wayne Corbett. <laughs> That's the only jet ever? That's the only one. I, I feel like I can handle Neil O'Donnell. And I gotta be honest, I had a Keisha. Neil O'Donnell jet? I had a Keisha. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I had that 19. I just... Uh, actually, the Jets had one of my favorite players ever. Uh, this is my kind of player. Ray Lucas. Ray Lucas, the quarterback. Remember him? No. Ray Lucas. Well, well that's not him. <laughs> Ray Lucas. One of my favorite. One of my favorite players ever. 
Um, I yeah, Rutgers product maybe. I was gonna say he went to Rutgers. I really, really liked watching Curtis Martin. Uh, I think I actually had a Curtis Martin gesture too. Uh, with Keyshawn Johnson though, like, and this kind of speaks to we were talking about people not really knowing how to handle Marcus Peters or cornerbacks. And I think a lot of people for a while didn't really know how to handle wide receivers either. But Keyshawn Johnson was like the first guy when I was kind of growing up and, and being somebody that liked football. Keyshawn Johnson was the first guy that was like outspoken and brash and, you know, wrote a book called Throw Me the Damn Ball. Um, I, uh, I liked that, which kind of paved the way for me enjoying, you know, Joe Horn and Ocho Cinco and T.O. and Steve Smith and all the different fun little dances, which is now translated into Antonio Brown twerking and getting flagged for him. Uh, no Keyshawn Johnson, funny story on that. Uh, Nebraska has actually recruited his son. Cool. Keyshawn Johnson's son going to Nebraska. First week of the season, they played Fresno State. They played against this guy named Keyshawn Johnson. Really? Like, what the, what the hell? I thought, he was a, I thought he was a Nebraska guy. Huh. Unrelated. <laughs> Unrelated, just Keyshawn Johnson plays not, for the not plays twins. Fresno State. Nope. <laughs> and, and Nebraska's guy's coming next year, so he's just like, oh, huh. okay. Because cool. I heard that, I was just like, no, he's playing on the wrong team. That's our guy. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, Dirk. Hey, thanks. Go Chiefs. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. Oh, 